There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. And boy, do we have a lot tonight. Depending on where you're listening to this, you don't maybe don't know that news broke. Um, we've got, I've got a bone to pick with Lance about something that happened over the weekend. And then we have to talk about Le'Veon Bell. Let me welcome in Lance Williams, my always tried and true co-host out on the West Coast. How's it going, Lance? I'm doing fantastic, man. Long ass Labor Day weekend, but I'm back ready to go. Week one. Let's fire her up. Let's do it. So Le'Veon Bell, everyone thought was going to show up this week. He did it last year in 2017. He kind of hinted that he was going to do that again this year. But for whatever reason, something changed. Maybe you could listen to his agent's comments today. Maybe it was his agent in his ear telling them he should stay away. Nonetheless, here we here we go. The first practice of the week one regular season, and he's not there. That's news enough in itself. Then after practice, you have player media availability. And boy, do guys like Ramon Foster, Marquise Pouncey, and David DeCastro just tee off on him it only in my opinion is reminiscent of when james harrison left last year and the players teed off on him it's almost as if they'd been holding in all these feelings thoughts and emotions and then when he left boy they were just able to unleash that on the media whether you like it or not that's what they did and it's what they did again today lance when you look at these quotes what was your initial reaction well, we talked a little bit about it off air, and I'm glad they got this emotion out. And the reason I'm glad is this is going to be a pissed off football team in Cleveland. If Cleveland didn't have their 100% focus, and I'm assuming that they did because it's the first game of the season, they have 200% of their focus. And you know what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do as a football team when they go to Cleveland? They want James Conner to have 225 and three touchdowns. That's exactly what they want to do. When they go up to Cleveland, they want to run it down Cleveland's throat, get into the locker room and say, how you like me now? While they have his mixed CD playing in the background. Which Trust me. Which is awful, by the way. Which is awful. Trust me. So... <laughs> They want nothing more than to win the game and for James Conner to get busy. And, and, and Ben Roethlisberger kind of was dropping little hints earlier in the week about, you know, the offense is more than just one person. You know, he was doing his little, you know, his Ben Roethlisberger vague, passive-aggressive comment type stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe we didn't read through the tea leaves that maybe he knew. But like with anything in life, it's it's typically not what you do. It's typically how you do it. And if you're forthright and you're honest and you're stand up like a man and you just come out with the truth, 
Sure, it might be a hard pill to swallow, but it's worse if you're not being a man about it or a woman about it, and you're not being the truthful about your intentions and you're misleading people, particularly people that are training with you, blood, sweat, and tears with you that are in it for the same reasons that you are. And it's not a business thing with them. They understand that, but they're like, look, man, we're trying to accomplish something together as a team. Just let us know and be truthful about what your intentions are. If you plan to sit out, sit out. Don't pull the wool over my eyes. You can do that with Tomlin. You can do that with Colbert, but not me, not us, not your guys in the locker room that ride with you every Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Every week. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, if you read, especially Marquise Pouncey, and I watched his interview on the Steelers.com app, um, he talked about a lot about how, you know, it's just one of those things where, look, if you weren't going to show up, just tell us. And I think that maybe in a previous conversation, Le'Veon Bell alluded to the fact that he wanted to be back, that Le'Veon Bell was going to show up and like he did last year or maybe he didn't say anything and they just assumed that and we all know what happens when you assume uh because now Le'Veon Bell looks like an ass and some of the players look like asses because they were the ones Marquise Pouncey especially it said he'll be here on Wednesday Wednesday comes he doesn't show all the reporters are at his uh, locker saying uh hey you said he's gonna be here Wednesday where is he and now he looks foolish so it's it's a bad look for everyone in my opinion um there's a part of me that thinks that the players should just keep it in house. But, you know, like we alluded to off, off the air, Lance, you brought up a good point where you said, Hey, the Steelers probably want this to get out. They probably want yeah, the players because that way they're speaking essentially for the organization. Cause you know, the organization is pissed because they, they thought they were putting a really good offer on the table for bell. 
Bell turns it down. They're still going to franchise tag him and devote $14.5 million of their salary cap to him. And then he's going to start pulling this stuff. So, man, it, it's it's a catch-22. And a lot of people, cele- not celebrities, but media, mainstream media, um, former players, like I saw Maurice Jones-Drew, um, they all have an opinion about how they sh- people should be backing Bell and not the owners. But fans don't view it that way. Fans don't view these players as man, he deserves the money. They view him as, can they win a championship? That's all the fans care about. They don't care right. about Le'Veon Bell getting, you know, a Kirk Cousins yeah. type 80 million guaranteed in his contract. They care about Le'Veon Bell stepping on the field, performing and winning the Steelers, their seventh Lombardi trophy. That's all they care about. And so when right. I hear people talk about that, it's like, well, look, weren't me, myself, you, yourself, we're partial media, I guess. But we're also fans of the team, and I want the team to win. And I know Le'Veon Bell gives them a great chance to do that, and so I want him on the field for that. If he would have accepted the deal that the offers gave him, that the Steelers gave him, I would have said, great, that's awesome. He turned it down. Okay, still play out this season, and you get a free agent next year, you get a big deal. And now he's not doing it. Fans are pissed. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what else to say about it. Lance, you can go ahead and say anything else before we move on. And, and I think, like we were saying off air, you know, Tomlin wants to say everything that DeCastro, Pouncey, and Ramon Foster said. And he probably wants to say it for the same exact reasons. Dude, we had a phone call. You told me you were going to report. And you didn't show up. Be a man of your word. If you weren't going to show up, just simply tell me you weren't going to show up. Period. But as a smart organization and as a smart coaching staff, you can only coach the guys that are here. You can only plan around the guys that are here. And in some ways, this, this kind of brings closure to it, at least for now, they're just going to move on with their plan and plan around Connor and a running back rotation. We'll talk about that later in the show. And they're going to move forward as a football team because there's nothing that they can do moving forward from a CBA perspective as well, there's nothing they can do. They can't offer him any more money. They can't offer him a long-term contract. This is where it is. Either he signs the tag and plays or he doesn't. That's where it is. It's actually a very simple situation as it stands now because contractually, they're in a, it is what it is. They're in a corner, buying, so to speak. Nothing else can change. He either plays or he doesn't and he loses money. Absolutely. So you know what? I mean, we could talk until we're blue in the face about this, but we're really just going to be going around in circles. So let's go ahead and get right into our true and false segment. Some of these are going to be about Le'Veon Bell, but not all of them as the Steelers and we prepare you, the listener, for the Cleveland Browns a week one. So right off the bat, I think the first question should be true or false. Le'Veon Bell will sit out until week 11. True. Okay. But. For the same logic that he's sitting out now, which is to minimize hits on his body, he will not show up until week 11. It doesn't make sense to show up week two. It just doesn't. If you're trying to preserve your body and preserve your value and still accrue a season, it doesn't make sense but to stay out until week 11. The interesting thing about that is, and I was talking to my brother about this, is there is a mark of demarcation or you know, for running backs. It's 30 years of age. That's it. 
Now, he can take less hits. That's fine. But his value is still going to decrease as he gets closer to 30. It's just the value. How much will it decrease? So still, you know, as he gets closer to 30, he's not going to see a five-year 70, reportedly five-year $70 million contract because he's getting close to 30. Now, he can say and argue, well, I've taken less hits. Well, they're still going to say you're close to 30. There's the narrative in the National Football League that once running backs hit 30, they're done. He's not, he's not going to change that narrative. So hopefully it works out for him. I think he's making the best decision for what he's trying to do. It's always a good decision to take less hits. I'll never argue that it's a good decision to take more hits because you only have so many hits on your body, particularly at running back. Worst case scenario for him would be if he gets hurt training because then it's a wrap. He's going to lose a ton of money, and, and that's that. Because you know what franchises are going to do. They're still going to say, look, if you come back week 11 and you don't rip it up, and he looks like he did last year with sea legs trying to get to game speed, they're going to say, well, yeah, you played last year, but you look like an aging running back. So he's put himself in a predicament, in my opinion, and he will not show up until week 11. So okay, true. Okay, you say true. I'm going to say false because I think the backlash is real. And I don't think that this is a backlash that he or possibly even his agents saw coming. Not so much from the fans' perspective because they've they've hated him for a while. But more so from the teammate standpoint. Um, I think that that might get to Le'Veon Bell. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe he does show up uh Friday or Saturday of this week, he doesn't play. Maybe they deactivate him uh, for that game, but I wouldn't be shocked if he shows up. Would I be shocked if you're right and he doesn't show up to week 11? Absolutely not. Wouldn't be shocked at all. But if I'm saying true or false, I'm going to say false. I think the bell realizes for a lot of the reasons that you just stated that if he waits till week 11, yes, he's going to be fresh, but what's he going to look like? And he's going to have a really small sample size before he hits free agency. And that brings us to our next true or false question for me. And that is Le'Veon Bell with his decision is hurting his free agency, free agent value next year, assuming he's not going to be back with the Steelers. This is a tough one. Uh, why don't you take it first, Jeff? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this true. I think it's true, true, true that he is hurting himself from a free agent standpoint. Yes, he is talented. Yes, he is the most complete running back in the NFL, but he's also showing a selfishness and character flaws that a lot of red flags will be going up for NFL teams. He wants the max out contract. Are they going to be willing to give a guy, if, especially if he sits out until week 11, a max out contract? I, I, I'm sorry, unless you're talking about a team um, like the Cleveland Browns or it used to be like the New York Jets is another one that is just has so much ridiculous cap space that they're going to make a dumb decision and say, we're going to throw whatever you want at you if you come here. I just think that if it's a team that's a contender, they're looking at him as a potential distraction because let's look at the complete body of work here. Um, we're talking about multiple suspensions. We're talking about a guy that's been injured a, a significant amount and to the lower body at that. We talk a groin injury, uh, multiple knee injuries, 
yeah, I'm thinking that even though in his mind he's making a smart decision, I'm going to have to go against the grain and say that I don't think it's a smart decision. I think that he is hurting his free agent value if he sits out until week 11. If he shows up, performs early, has a good season like he did last year, he's only going to boost that number in terms of what he's going to be getting paid in 2019. I'm going to say I'm just going to go false. The reason I go false is because there's a dumbass football team out there that will give him a max contract and it only takes one. I think you're absolutely right that NFL owners do they collude? Yes, in certain situations. Absolutely. Uh do they want a guy like that to be that to do this type of move and pull this type of power play against fellow owners? Absolutely not. So I don't think that will help. They don't want players to exercise that type of power because lo and behold, other players might do the same. So I think that will play against him. Him getting older will play against him. Him probably pulling a hamstring in week 12 will play against him because we all know he's going to come in and pull a hamstring and figure out a way if he waits to week 11 to not play six weeks of football. We all know that, right? We all know he'll figure out a way to play as few football games as possible. But all it takes is one dumbass football team to give a guy a max deal, and I think there will be one. And along with the Jets, and I'm not saying the Niners are a dumbass football team because that's my wife's favorite football team, the Niner faithful. But I I could see Le'Veon Bell coming to the West Coast, playing for the San Francisco 49ers, putting him with Jimmy G. Uh, and that Kyle Shanahan offense that likes to use running backs, uh, you know, sort of like Devontae Freeman and, and Tevin Coleman. I could see him going out there. So, no, it will not false. It will not hurt him. And there will be one team to give him a max out deal, and he will get his bucks next season. Okay, very good. All right, so the next one is the Steelers will win the division if Bell doesn't report until week 11. True or false? I think that's may be false. I think they will not win a division without Bell. I think Bell is, I mean, I mean, hell, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, we hate to admit it. I mean, I mean, he's integral to that system. I mean, he's the irreplaceable piece. I mean, he's one of the top 10 players in the national team whose strength is offense. If this team were a top five defensive team, I would say it's not going to have any impact because they could absorb fewer points by playing great defense and teams not scoring. This defense is not great on paper. I don't think it's going to be a great unit. And I think that the you know offense is clearly the strength of this team. And so they need all their pieces. So I think if he is not on their team and comes in week 11 and doesn't start with them or play a significant amount of games, I think they're a wild card team at best. Okay, I'm going to say true because, uh, number one, I don't think the division is going to be ridiculous this year. I think the Ravens are going to be better. I think the Bengals are going to be the same or even a step backwards. The Browns are going to be better, but they're still not going to be, I don't don't think, a playoff contender this year. Um, With that said, I think we all need to remember, though, that Randy Feetner coming in plays a big role in this when you're talking about the offense. They've had all offseason without Bell. And I think that in the back of their minds, they probably had a, if Bell doesn't show up, we need to have a plan. Let's also keep in mind that when Feedner is calling plays, Ben Roethlisberger is one of the guys in charge. 
What does Bell? What does Ben like to do when he's in charge? Lance, go ahead and answer that. Turn the ball over. Well, other than that, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Pass it too much. He that likes, doesn't make. That okay, doesn't make. I know. Hold on. Hold on. He likes to throw the ball. They like to run no huddle. All right. He likes to up tempo. That's his mo if he has the option. And I believe it or not, Randy Feeder is the same way. In that situation. I don't think that Le'Veon Bell, the only thing that scares me about James Conner, because I saw him catch the football very well out of the backfield, and that's what you would have to do in that offense. The one thing that scares me about Conner that he has yet to prove is blitz, pickup, and in pass protection. Um, if he can do that, I think that they would be fine. I'm not saying that Le'Veon Bell is not good. I'm not saying that Le'Veon Bell doesn't matter. I'm not saying that he isn't an integral part of the offense like you mentioned. What I'm saying is that I still think this offense is really, really good. I think the offensive line with a running back that is a one-cut downhill runner, whether it's Ridley or whether it's Connor, they can move the football. And they're going to be able to – I guess I look at it and say, you know, Le'Veon Bell, what was he really good at last year? He didn't have a great yards per catch or yards per carry. He did have a lot of receptions, not as many long ones as he had in the past. Wasn't a ridiculous red zone target. I guess, in my opinion, if they could, you know, have a more – I want to say mundane offense that might not be the best adjective to describe it, but a more traditional style offense and with a running, a running back like Connor and improve in an area like third down and red zone. Then I think they'll be fine. I think this offense is prolific without Le'Veon Bell. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I really like Antonio Brown. Why wouldn't you? I really like the offensive line. And I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a big year this year. So I'm going to say true. I think they still win the division because of the division isn't as strong as people think. Randy Feetner is now calling plays with Ben Roethlisberger. And I think if they pick up some things on the other side, like in red zone and third downs, they'll be able to mask that. But that's just me. See now, listeners, this is where <laughs> we become joy and pain. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling me it's going to be easier for a first-time offensive coordinator, first-time calling plays guy to not have Le'Veon Bell. So I just want to riddle me that. Here's the other thing. You think somehow – it's okay, and it's a good thing for Ben Roethlisberger to increase his attempts per game. So let's just riddle me this, and I'm looking at my uh, my, my 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 spreadsheet that I that I collect um, every year about the offense, and I don't have attempts per game. But riddle me this, right? Ben Roethlisberger had 565 attempts last year. An impressive number where he only threw 15 interceptions. Five of those came in one game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and I'm thinking 16 games into 565. What is that about? Under 30 a game? Yep. Trying to. What do you think his attempts per game will be without Le'Veon Bell? Do you think it goes to 35, 36? I mean, I think it hovers, does, I think it hovers I think it hovers around 35. That's where I think it is. 
And yeah, there's going to be instances where it goes higher and there'll be instances where it's lower because Roethlisberger has shown, even when given the power that he will run the football, he'll check out a pass plays and run the football. But I want to say this first, don't pretend like Randy Feetner a has never called plays before. Uh, it might not have been at the NFL level, but it's not like it's his first time being a coordinator and don't act like he hasn't been around this team for ages. He was a wide receivers coach. Then he was promoted to quarterbacks coach, and now he's offensive coordinator. So he knows the personnel. He knows this team. It's not like they just brought in some Joe Schmo off the street, and he's trying to get acclimated to life without Le'Veon Bell. This guy's been there, done that. I, I get what you're saying. He still has to do it. This is still the first time doing it. And riddle me this. I just pulled out the calculator. Ben already averaged 35 attempts per game last year. 16 into 565 is 35 a game. So where does it go to 40? And, it, and do we really want Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball 40 times a game? No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's going to necessarily throw the ball more. I'm saying that when he has the freedom to call more of his own plays, he does tend to throw the ball more. That doesn't mean that he necessarily will. Like I just said, when he has the RPO look, he runs the ball. It's not always successful, but he'll run the ball. I, I guess I, I, in my opinion, I think that the Steelers could even be a little bit more balanced this year than they were in the past. Um, you have less people that are demanding the football. I mean, James Conner is a kid that he just wants reps. You know, he's out there in his second year. He, he's about to get his first NFL start on Sunday unless something crazy happens, like Bell shows up and they put him in or an injury or whatever the, the case may be. Um you know, Antonio Brown's going to want his touches, but other than that, my gosh, just spread the ball around. And I think that's what the Steelers will do this year. I just am not going to say that Le'Veon Bell not being there is going to doom this offense. On other teams, on other in other years for the Steelers, I'd agree. But this year, I just I just don't think I'm maybe it's because I liked what I saw from uh James Conner um in the preseason. But also I, I guess I just think that this offense is a lot more versatile than most people give him credit for we'll see yes we will all right there we go let's go to the next one i think that was it was that five? Oh no here we go here we go Le'Veon bell's receiving targets because he gets targeted a lot in the passing game Le'Veon's receiving targets will mostly go to juju smith schuster this year true or false i'm going to say true given the fact that the Steelers don't have a healthy tight end. <laughs> so, and, you know, the the guy that they're banking on to be that guy can't be healthy, uh, Mr. Vance McDonald. But last year, Le'Veon had 98 targets. There were four games in which he had targets of 10 or more. Um, and, 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 and let me just go off on a tangent real quick. When Le'Veon Bell, the whole argument, of Le'Veon Bell being the number two wide receiver. An example of why that's poppycock and that's absolutely ridiculous is the Jaguar game. He was targeted 10 times. He had 10 receptions. Do you know how many yards he got with those 10 receptions? 46. 46 yards wide receiver. That's a running back with good hands. But when it goes, I think the ball, of those, I think that's a way you can distribute those six targets because we're talking about six targets a game. I think half of those or maybe four of those go to Smith-Schuster. 
I think that's how it'll go. Of those six, four of those go to Schuster, maybe two to the tight ends. Antonio Brown eats enough. I don't think he'll get any more. He already probably gets close to 15, 16 targets a game anyway. So I don't think he'll get any additional. So I think those will go to uh, uh, Smith-Schuster, the juju. Yeah, I like your percentage split there. So if, if that's what we're talking about, I say true. I agree with you there. I think that they're going to use Smith-Schuster in a variety of ways. I think what's really unique about this offense from a receiving standpoint is if you think about the potential receivers, let's say they run a four-receiver set and a running back's not in the mix and Spell's not there. So if you're running four-receiver sets with the people that they have right now, most likely what that's going to look like would be Antonio Brown, James Washington, if he's healthy, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I would assume that Ryan Switzer from the slot would probably be that fourth guy. But this is something I, I heard on the radio the other day. Um, it might have been in a written article. I, when they break the huddle, the defense really doesn't know where these guys are going to line up. Because when Martavis Bryant was out there, you knew where he was going. He, was, he did not play the slot. Juju can line up inside. He can line up outside. Same with Antonio Brown. Switzer's a slot guy. But even James Washington can play both. They could really be creative there. Um, but yeah, I think that if you look at the targets, uh, assuming it's around six a game, I think Juju's going to get a little bit more than most people think. And I think that the running backs that they have, especially James Conner, will still get a few targets and a few receptions out of the backfield. Let's not act like they're all of a sudden not going to throw the ball to the running back. So yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. Do you have anything else to add to that, Lance? Well, let me add real quick, based on the stats that I have last year, Antonio Brown got 12 targets a game. So that actually is surprisingly low. There are some targets. There are some games where he just got ridiculous amounts of targets against the Bengals late in the year. He got 16 against the Ravens. He got 18 targets. You know, there are some games where he got tremendous amount of targets against the Jags. He had 19 targets. So, you know, at 11.6, you know, maybe one of those, you know, maybe, you know, of the six, two go to him, three go to, Juju and one goes to the tight end, but I think Juju will will probably be the beneficiary of Le'Veon Bell not being in the mix primarily. Yeah, I agree. Now there is something I, a bone I wanted to pick with you, and this is something we got into a heated text exchange, and that was when the team made their cutdowns on Saturday. Oh, um, when we <laughs> learned about the ninety man roster going to fifty three, the first thing that I saw that everyone else saw was that, holy crap, they cut Landry Jones. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it's not that I don't agree with it. It's that I just was stunned. Never in my wildest dreams would I have expected the Pittsburgh Steelers to cut Landry Jones just after Ben Roethlisberger talked about how he trusts him and all that stuff. But there he is. He's gone. They're going with Joshua Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. I said, look, if Ben goes down, the season's done. It's done. If he's done, down for the long term. Do I think that Joshua Dobbs can win them two out of four? Absolutely, I do. Do you know why? Because <laughs> now, hold on. Here's the funny thing. And yeah, I know what you're going to say. Well, Landry Jones has proven it. How many games did this guy win in his NFL career as a starter? I'm going to say three or two. Two when? I don't think he did. I don't think he ever won a game as a starter. Oh, I'm sorry. The Browns game where he got hurt in the first series and Burt Roethlisberger came in. and He, he won the game last year. He won He won week 16 game as a starter against now, the Browns. I'm, talking to, I'm not talking about trash games. I'm talking about games <laughs> that matter. Oh, oh, okay, now you want to qualify. Okay, no. 
Everyone says, what about everyone says, what about the Oakland game? Oh, the Oakland game where Antonio Brown was like a video game where you could have just thrown it to him any or what what about the Arizona game? Oh, you mean the game where he threw a wide receiver screen to Martavis Bryant and he outran the entire defense? I'm saying that Joshua Dobbs can do everything that Landry Jones did and yet more. He has a better art. Hold on, hold on, stop. He is he not only <laughs> not only can he do more, he has a better arm, he's more mobile, he's a smart quarterback. He can win two out of four. I I guarantee it. <laughs> well, well, you see how this works, listeners. The games that he won, he didn't win because they were quote unquote garbage games. Well, I'm just trying to prove that you think that he's some great backup when he has never proved that in his life. Look. Just I'm not he saying he's under his belt doesn't mean he's like the the greatest thing in life. I'm not him. saying he's Steve Young. And, well, no and to, to, to Joe Montana or he's the guy. But riddle me this and I'm throwing this out there listeners for you guys to research. I want somebody in the comments to post is Joshua Dobbs the only backup quarterback number 2 guy in the National Football League that has never taken a snap in a regular season game. I'm going to say probably yes. Regardless of what you think about Josh Dobbs, that's a scary-ass proposition. That both of your backups have no experience in the NFL playing in a regular season game. This is a team that once had Byron Leftwich and Charlie Batch as backups. Here's the other thing that makes it problematic you're not talking about the steel effing curtain that's limiting teams to 12, 13 points a game where essentially all you have to do is go out there, breathe, don't turn it over, and you're going to win. No, this is a defense where you're going to be required to score some points. Now, I agree with you 100%. If Ben Roethlisberger goes down in the first four games and is out eight or nine games, oh, they're shot. The issue that you don't want is the Steelers are first place in the division late in the season. Ben goes out four games. Josh Dobbs has to start in December, and they lose the next four. I have no confidence that Joshua Dobbs can win a football game in the National Football League. I, I think it's a risky move. May I be wrong? Yes, I'm already eating crow today because I thought Le'Veon Bell would be in. And I'm on Twitter like, hey, Steeler fan, stop overreacting. You're giving us a bad name and he doesn't show up and he's freestyling in the studio with bad bars and bad songs. But it's a risky move for a team that we think is a Super Bowl contender to not have a backup with experience. You leave yourself exposed. It's just, I thought it's very risky. Very risky. And of okay. course, you know, of course, the coach speak, it's not about Landry. It's more about Josh. And, you know, it's not really you. I really like you, but I just like her more. It's nothing that you did. You know, all the lines that Jeff used to give his old girlfriends. Look, let's leave nope. him out of it, all right? 
Now, let me ask you this, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, hey, listen. I'm going to rattle off some names of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And I, they all have more experience, but I want you to tell me straight up, who would you rather have, Joshua Dobbs or blank? Okay? <laughs> I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Taylor Hankey. Taylor Hankey. You don't even know who Taylor Hankey is. How can you say that, that he's better exactly. than Exactly. He's never here. Hey, no starts, just so you know. Carolina Panthers. Well, Matt, He's the number two Matt, guy in Carolina? Yes. Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. Okay. Joe Webb. Joe Webb. <laughs> My gosh, you're ridiculous. Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. You you know who that is, right? Yes, I do. Are I know not, all those last not, three guys. I'm not good with names, so I'm just about double check. <laughs> I know those three guys. <laughs> Brandon Whedon was like 50 years old when he was a rookie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Um Matt Castle. I know he'll say there. Yes. EJ Manuel. Yes. Geno Smith. Yes. Really? Yes. It sucks. Um yes. CJ Bethard. CJ Bethard. <laughs> sure. He started he's he's he, he started a couple of games for the Niners. Yes. <laughs> My gosh, Luke Falk. I have no idea. So yeah, I'll take Dobbs. I'll take Dobbs. Blaine Gabbert. I'll take Blaine Gabbert. Tanner Lee. Never heard of Tanner. I'll take Dobbs. Cody Kessler. I'll take Cody Kessler. Okay, that's enough of the names. I think you get the picture. The backup quarterback situation in the NFL is not as good as you think. It's not as good as you think. Exactly, which means that Landry Jones is probably actually better than all of those guys that you ever said. Awful. (laughs) Go back to 2015, tuned into the AFC wildcard game against the Bengals. When Roethlisberger goes down with a shoulder, when he gets tackled by Perfect, just watch what Landry Jones does when he gets in the game. Yeah, he sucked. He absolutely sucked. <laughs> I could go yeah. back into episodes of this show yeah. and you would he have said the same sucked. thing that he sucks. Why do he you want this guy so much? He sucked in the playoff. Look, a guy coming off the bench in a playoff scenario is going to suck. Can you imagine a guy with no snaps? Hey, well, here's ever the, hey, you in a game? Saying, Dad, I'll take a guy that can run then. <laughs> hey, that's what Dobbs would do. If he gets in there, he's going to escape. He's going to run. That's fine. Pull a Dennis Dixon. I don't care. Hey, you do what you got to do. Here's the bigger issue to me when it comes to the Dobbs issue. Did Dobbs do this much this preseason? They didn't know what they had with Dobbs prior to this. This is the future, man. This is yeah, all about the future. No, I, know what you're gonna I, I, I know what the future is, so on and so forth. You got an aging quarterback in his 15th year. I don't care. If he's just now decided to work out in year 15 <laughs> and he's lighter and he's lifting weights and his arm feels fresher. Hell, that makes me even more scared that the guy just had the idea that working out might be a good thing. <laughs> so so you have an aging quarterback on a Super Bowl win or now roster. Why don't you use that third round pick that you spent on Mason Rudolph? For somebody that could actually help the football team, if you knew Josh Dobbs was the this guy, no, he's not this guy. He's the future backup quarterback. And so, 
They did not look Landry Jones in the last year of his contract. Joshua Dobbs, <laughs> Joshua Dobbs showed some pro, showed some promise. Mason Rudolph is still the future plan. And that's why when, when Mike Tomlin was asked in his press conference about splitting reps and stuff of that nature, he said, Oh, Mason Rudolph's going to get reps. It's not going to be like he's the third stringer. I wouldn't be shocked if Mason Rudolph doesn't move up the death chart by the end of the year and be the number two. But what I'm saying is that they they knew that if they let Joshua Dobbs go, he's probably going to get tipped, picked up by someone because the backup situation sucks so bad in the NFL. And then they would be if you know they figure they're going to lose Landry Jones after this year. They wanted to keep that that threesome then that Roethlisberger, Dobbs, and Rudolph not necessarily in that order together. That's why they made this move. They're they are they are potentially. They're, they're yeah. hedging. They're hedging their bets that Ben's going to stay healthy and that he'll be fine. But you know what? Yeah. That's enough of this conversation. I win, you lose. Everyone agrees with me. There we go. So let's uh, <laughs> let's actually talk about the real football game that actually counts this week: the Cleveland Browns game. It's in Cleveland. I like that they're getting this game out of the way early in the season, meaning they're not going to have to deal with all that crap by the lake. Late in the season, which can be the wind and the whatever. Ben Roethlisberger in his 15th year, he's only lost to the Browns twice. So here they go. I'm not sure what the last point spread was. Spread was. I'm going to look that up quick. Um, but go ahead and give me, uh, Lance, quick, your, your, just your thoughts off the top of your head um, for you know what you think about this game, expectations, etc. Well, you know, as we've talked about at this show, and I watched the Browns game. I watched both games this week. I watched that first game in particular where the offense was not very good. Big red Tyler Manikavich had a block punt. Um, Chicolo recovers it in the end zone to score seven, which was critical for that victory. Uh, offense really looked like it was stuttering. Um, no bell. Uh, banged up tight ends. In fact, is there a healthy tight end on the roster right now? Jesse, Jesse James. Oh, so Jesse James is going to be eight. So I he's think, I'm pretty to. sure Xavier Grimble is back too. Okay, so they have the tight ends in the mix. I mean, Cleveland is terrible. As much as I am tempted to pick Cleveland, given everything that's going on and how the offense played last year in the addition of a quarterback in Cleveland, who, by the way, Cleveland was very close in that game. Kaiser just absolutely stunk and really made some poor throws. That game could have gone either way. Last year, they have Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon is back. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett will be starting. As much as I want to pick Cleveland in this game, I just can't. Cleveland blows. They suck. You're talking about a team that's won one game in the last two seasons. What was my rhyme? I have to look at my rhyme. What did I say, Jeff, in my rhyme? Let me, let me see if I can find the rhyme that I sent you. Uh, let's see. Give me a second, listeners, because you guys know that I am the Nipsey Russell lyricist of predictions about, oh, I know what it is. If they want to go 1-0, do not let the ball go, meaning if they don't turn the ball over, they'll win. Jarvis Landry has been a productive player against them. I think he had about 18 receptions against them in the last two matchups for close to 200 yards working out of the slot. He's a guy that they'll have to keep an eye on. 
but I presume they'll be able to get pass rush against Tyrod Taylor. They can't rush past him because he is mobile. I suspect that they'll get pressure. They'll be able to get sacks, force some turnovers, and get out of Cleveland with a win. I like the Steelers to win the game 24-16. Somewhat tight. Turnover here or there. They kind of sputter, but they win the game. And I think James Conner will go over 100 yards and have multiple scores. Okay, and the latest spread that I'm seeing here is that the Steelers are favored anywhere from 5.5 to 7.5 points in this game on the road. That's a scary number for me, uh, especially when you look at the hook being involved for those betters out there. Um, man, on the road week one, I always think back to last year. I don't what know. Is the hook? What's the hook? What do you mean? What does that mean? Yeah, is that the jewel? The hook is a half point. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, anytime they throw in a half point, that's considered the hook because that way you can never have a push. Um, so for me, I, I, I look at the Steelers team, and you know, every, with this Le'Veon Bell stuff, the one thing that is, I guess, a pleasant surprise is that no one's talking about the defense. Um, the defense is going to have to play a really good game. If they can get the football, I'd say if they get two turnovers, I think the Steelers win because I think two extra possessions could lead to points for this offense. Um, I'm going to say the Steelers win the game. I think they go over 30. Wow. I'm going to say 31. I think they give up some too. I'm going to say 31, especially if Josh Gordon plays. Damn it. Uh, We'll say 31-23. 31-23. So they cover. There you go. I have winning and covering. It's going to be close. I think in the fourth quarter, they kind of get their crap together, so to speak. But uh, you know, the Browns are not a pushover. I hope fans realize that. You watch film. I didn't watch Hard Knocks or anything like that. But if you watch film, you watch these guys, the Browns in the preseason, even if it was just the highlights. They're capable of making plays. Uh, they actually have a decent wide receiving core now. And if Gordon's healthy, uh, the secondary is going to have their hands full. I think this... To me, this game is more about the Steelers' defense versus the Browns' office than it is vice versa. I think the Steelers are going to move the ball well. Miles Garrett is a beast, but Ben Roethlisberger has been playing against defensive ends like him his entire career. So it's not like it's going to be like, oh my gosh, you know. I mean, he's used to Terrell Suggs trying to rip his head off for the last fifteen years. So um, I think it's going to come down to the Steelers' defense stepping up and tackling well and really putting pressure on Tyrod Taylor. You know, here's the thing about the two matchups last year. They could not block the Steelers' defensive front. And you guys will remember the first two plays, I think, offensive plays last year by the Browns. I think Stephon Tewitt blew both of those plays up but then hurt his bicep maybe three plays into the season. They couldn't block the Steelers at all last year. And hopefully that's the same case this year. But we all know the Steelers have not solved the linebacker position. That'll be interesting. Uh, but just from a quarterback perspective alone, the Browns will be better. Kaiser was that bad last year to where if you just put in a serviceable quarterback, they probably win two games, <laughs> maybe three. <laughs> but but, but <laughs> be it as it may, that might be all you need in a one-game scenario. Steelers are the better football team. Don't turn it over, and they win the game. You are you ready for a, a segment of of joy and pain? Because I actually have one, but if you don't have one, I'll just go. Uh, yes, I do. I, I do. I have to be joy. 
You That's right. To. I have to be because you're Debbie Downer. You're Debbie Downer. Yes. Twenty three hours of the day. I'm so gonna be joy. I'm gonna be joy. I give you my joy. joy. That's the whole point. Is that I'm always the optimist. You're always the pessimist. We have to flip the script. So I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna ask what the hell the Steelers are thinking when you put Ola Adeni on injured reserve, and you're about to head into a regular season game with three outside linebackers. And let me tell you what that depth chart looks like, folks. Bud, who some call Dud Dupree. I like that nickname. TJ Watt, who has not played a snap all preseason after injuring his hamstring, I want to say, in the first practice. And Anthony Anthony Chiquillo, who probably couldn't beat my mom on a backs-on-backers drill. Guess what? Josh Dobbs is going to rush the passer. He's going to play outside <laughs> linebacker with that roster spot. Put but Josh Dobbs out no, there. But seriously, Steelers, what the hell are you thinking? I was, you know, they restructure Cameron Hayward's contract. I'm still wouldn't be shocked if they make a move. When this is being recorded, they had not made a move. I don't know who they'd bring in or if they'd promote Keon Adams from the practice squad, someone that's been all preseason with them. But my gosh, three outside linebackers. Heading into a regular season game, I would be kind of like, well, four, you're only going four. Uh, this team used to carry five. They have de- defensive backs coming out the wazoo, okay? What the hell? Now, you might be able to beat the Browns that way, but you got to find something. What the hell is going on? The Steelers used to be known for their linebackers, and now that's the last thing you mentioned when you talk about the Steelers' defense. So that's it. That's my pain for the day. I don't know why why they're doing it. I don't know what they're thinking. They're going into a regular season game as of right now with three healthy linebackers. There me, you go. Me, me, me. Can I ask a question, <laughs> yes, teacher? Can ahead. I ask a question, teacher? <laughs> Don't they run a three-four? Uh, well, sometimes, not not very often. Right, but right. Yes. Let's see, let's run a three-four. In a three-four, what do you what do you need? Maybe you think you need four outside linebackers. You would need think- two if that's if they're effective. And if. You might need four just just in case for 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 depth purposes and backups, right? You think well, you need four? Considering the guy that you think is going to be the best of your outside linebackers hasn't played a snap, I'm not so sure I trust that hamstring to be fully healed. It, it's well, I'm going to be joyous, so I'm not going to say that I hint hint agree with you. But it may, well, well, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe Joshua Dobbs. We'll be putting special packages. Oh my gosh! He'll he'll he'll. No, uh, they'll bring back Landry. That's what they'll do. Landry Jones, his fleet, <laughs> fleet of foot Landry Jones will be the one that's going to save the day, folks. Because he's covers. that good. that good. So let me give you my joy moment, and it's because of Le'Veon Bell's disloyalty. The Steelers will use this as fuel to fire them up. And James, my name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations. 
bears in video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Forecast. It's not Voltron.